whoa, I was really off key on that hum there. That felt odd. I don't know why it was so off tonight. Um, hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing. I left something out. Whatever. Ah, it doesn't Podcast. matter. Close enough, Steve. Close enough. Uh, this first ad was sent to us. By Daniel Police. Thank you, Daniel Police. Message in a bottle. Oh, this is streaming to Facebook tonight. I figured out how to do that. So, Facebook users, we do not know who you are as you comment, but if we get an interesting comment, we'll put it up. Oh, I wanted to put the all this boring stuff that you guys don't need to hear about on the audio podcast. Here we go. All right. So, this ad. Holy heck, Steve. What do you think of this thing? Uh, We're looking at a on. bass guitar here. Don't. <laughs> Steve is watching the streaming on his phone. I, you know, it's Clifton and Ethan. You're probably screwing up the Wi-Fi now I by doing that. Am. Yeah. Thanks right. a lot, bud. Goodbye. All right. Uh, this ad was sent by Daniel Police. It says, this bass is a one-off custom that started out as a Fender Cabernita bass. It's a beautiful bass that is also a work of art. The body is scalloped and finished with a beautiful custom paint. The Fender logo is engraved as well as a cockroach on the headstock. There's the name. Uh, along with La Cucaracha engraved on the back of the neck. The action is nice and low and the bass is in excellent condition. That's debatable. And still has a plastic on the tuners. Please debatable. email me if you have any questions. Thanks for looking. Uh, the item tags are Fender, four-string, bass, Carbonita. Oh, he's calling this a Carbonita, not a Cabernita. All right. Uh, and La Cucaracha, because you're definitely going on uh, Craigslist in wherever this is, I think New York. I don't see a cockroach theme with the body carving. Let's describe this for the audio Oh, my podcast. gosh. Look at the freaking neck. Yeah, I know. It's got it. it Kukaracha carved into the neck. So that makes it unplayable. It makes it uncomfortable to play, that's for sure. Actually, it could be like the uh, the uh, Dean Zelensky. Maybe it's <laughs> a reduces, super fast neck. It reduces uh, surface friction. Yeah. It's like <laughs> <laughs> just hyper fast shredding bass because uh, it's got words carved into the neck. Yeah. Um, so it makes you fast like a cockroach. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, you play this really fast when the lights turn on. Uh, I don't understand <laughs> the the theme of the body carving at all. It looks like it's done really well. It almost looks like a wave. It looks kind of surfy. Yeah, the theme of the if it was not gray, maybe I I, uh, I don't. There's a couple ways you could look at this theme. It either looks like soft serve ice cream, or it looks like a wave, or it looks like a turd, or it looks like like. Silk sheets, like, this, draped over a chair or something like that? This looks like the spaceship from Flight of the Navigator? It kind of looks like that. If did you, somebody post that, or did I just make that up? I think you just made that up. Okay. Yeah, that just came out of your mind, man. What nice. else do you have in there? You have star maps in your mind? Maybe. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have star maps in my mind, but there is a video game down at the local arcade that is a a space flight simulator, and I'm really good at it. Oh, my gosh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to the audio podcast, click on the imager link to see this because it's it's really hard to describe. It is the shape of a normal, like, P-Base or Cabernita P-Base because it's got that filtertron yeah. in the uh, 
in the pickup. Uh, but man, this body carving is pretty wild. And I'm not going to say that I hate it. I, I hate the other details. I hate the, uh, the laser engraving on the back of the neck. Like that's unnecessary. Um, the late, what, what about the, uh, laser finger logo, the laser roach? I guess I just don't understand the roach. I think I'm kind of fine with the little roach character on the headstock. I'm also kind of fine with the laser engraved, uh, fender logo and the laser engraved custom name on it. I think that's kind of cool to have like a three dimensional, uh, carve into the headstock. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think, man? They want 900 bucks for this. I mean, I wouldn't pay 900 bucks for this. I mean, we can say that. We say that about all sorts of stuff that we wouldn't pay the asking price. What are these worth? That's that's what I don't. I mean, what is a. Yeah, what's the Cabernita base worth these Cabernita days? Cabernita base. Well, that's the problem is this isn't a Cabernita base. This is a Carbernita base. <laughs> well, that's a horse of a different color, isn't it? Uh, Fender Cabernita base, 550 Yeah, you're paying for the carving. Um, which I don't know if you should. I mean, it looks like really clean work, but who wants that? Craig Lee asks, are those tone ridges? <laughs> those are speed ridges. It makes it go fast. I wonder how like comfortable it would be. It could be like a German carve sort of thing where like it takes the, some of the surface pressure off of your arm as it's resting across it. Mm, I think there's too many. It's It's too... It's too rigid. It's, it's too. It's like ruffles. Here, yeah. This what this needs is a, a ruffles themed pit guard on it. So these are like six, five hundred, six hundred normally. So with this extra labor that has been done, they are looking for a three hundred dollar upcharge. They've removed so much of the body in the process. It's weight but relieved. They're charging you more. <laughs> well, I'll say. The, the paint job looks really good. So I think you're paying for the paint job, not the carving. I think they realized the carving, they're taking a loss on that because they probably paid someone to do that. But the paint job, yeah, you, you, you're going to pay extra for that. But I feel like you still have to deduct a lot because of the carving because no one else wants that. That's, that's nonsense. No one wants this. this. This is like a giveaway thing. If you have fans of your band and they recognize this bass, the best thing you can do is try to sell it to your fans. If you're in a band or something like that, and this is a recognizable instrument of your band um, to the rest of the world, like it's a head scratcher, but overall clean work. What kind of band are you in? If this is your a cockroach theme band, apparently, uh, but I want to know what is the theme of this? Why did they do this? There had to be some sort of reasoning behind this. You don't just, do this for no reason they're probably really high and they looked at like their curtains they're like huh i could get a base to look like that good point from michael like krauss it's painful when there's good craftsmanship on a bad idea yeah that's what this is that's exactly what this is <laughs> robot master switch says it looks larval that's probably pretty close to <laughs> maybe what they were going for like a larva look i, I you know if i if I was going to get a bass and this was, you know, on my radar, it would be for a surf band and I would repaint it to be like some sort of aqua blue and make it look like a wave. And it would just be, it would just be, you know, two on the nose, you know, you'd be like, get it. It's super obvious. It looks like a wave guys. And you could 
paint a little picture of like a surfer <laughs> right here underneath where the neck connects to the body. It'd be perfect no, spot just, for him. Just glue a little Lego guy there. Yeah, yeah. Glue a little action figure surf guy on the lower horn and it would look really cool. Okay, I'm sold on it. I'm going to buy this base. I'm going to pay him extra. I'm going to pay $1,400 for this base now. Oh, yeah. Pay <laughs> Can you get him to refinish it so it looks actually looks like a wave? Yeah, so hey, it's like blue? Hey, man, I'll pay $1,400. Just make it a little bit blue, okay? Hey, man, nice shot. <laughs> yeah, hey, man, nice shot. <laughs> What's new, man? Um, Not much, man. What's new with you? Well, I've got some uh, literature to read here. Oh, yeah. Um, In your mailbox. Yeah, well, this was found... On a on a forum, I'm not going to name the forum because I don't want to give them any extra power. Uh, but these are comments on the video that Mike Adams, also known as Pusheen, and I did on uh, the uh, the Jazzmaster the other day. Mm-hmm. All right, Pusheen is a deuce. Ah, I messed Can't up already. Read Pusheen is a decent dude. He used to post here regularly, but hasn't in forever. I wish he wouldn't associate with that Ryan turd. I watched a couple live streams because he was discussing something of interest. And you can really see his true personality shine in the streams. He seemed to be bigoted and an arrogant turd who hates Canadians for no reason. I think he switched over from talking about Mike to talking about me now. Uh, I've heard him make several gross comments about Canada and Canadians and with a straight face. With no trace of humor or anything. He clearly has an issue with us. Personally, I think all of your hatred towards Canadians is justified. I'm not even done. Enough. (laughs) Enough for me to never watch another second of his shit. (laughs) There's a lot of other comments here. Uh, I'm not going to read them all. They, there was a bunch of people on this, on this group, on this forum, just kind of like trashing Mike and I like that. They were favorable to Mike in that one, but they, people were trashing him in other ones and they were trashing me yeah. a lot. And I searched through the forum and people trashed me a lot on this forum, <laughs> which is extra fun for me. It's a bright spot in my day when I can find a honey hole of trolls. It's pro- so, I mean, it's, it probably has a lot to do with the content that you do is um are you talking about the canada thing no not the canada thing just your content in general like the content that you make your wheelhouse the type of good instruments that you review are uh very popular on that on this forum oh yeah i do a lot of yeah. offsets so yeah, yeah they're going to talk about me it's a no-brainer yeah for so. sure oh that gives it away it's a forum about offset guitars so i just i mean i was trying to work i just around, spoiled it know. i just spoiled it but anyways I want to take a moment to apologize to the Canadians. I have nothing against Canadians. I love all the Canadians in my life. I have a lot of friends, people I consider to be good friends, people that I love that are Canadians. I don't know any Canadians that I hate. I'll say that. I've never been to Canada. I'm totally... you went. No, I've never been to Canada. And I'm going to say this. This is going to be controversial to a lot of Americans. Um, I'm totally fine with milk in a bag. Drink milk from a bag if you want to. I have no problem with that. I think it sounds smart because then you're keeping air away from the milk and the air is the thing that spoils the milk. You keep it air free and the milk's going to last longer. I will say... I think they have milk in a bag here, but it's like a public school thing. Right, right. Uh, the, the times when I've joked about Canada where I've been <clears throat> flippantly dismissive of Canada or act like there was something negative about Canada, that was the joke. Because there's nothing, like, who hates Canadians? Who's a bigot towards Canadians? There's nothing to hate there. 
capitalists. You're all capitalists hate Canada. You're all fine people, as far as I can tell. I like the entertainment people that you who, put together. People who love trees. I like your trailer park boys. I like your kids in the halls. I like your letter, Kenny. You learned about StreamYard from a Canadian. I learned we about would, StreamYard from a Canadian. We would not be here right now if it was not for Ben Coon. <laughs> ben Coons. Exactly. And, and the, uh, was it Canucks with guitars? Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, this this guy, he had several, several comments on this group insisting that I just foam, in the, foam at the mouth hate Canadians I mean, in you, Canada. You, but you do. I mean, I despise them. Yeah, but not as a people, as individuals. <laughs> Ryan, it's not their fault Listen, they smell like maple syrup. I hate all North Americans equally. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I don't, actually, because Mexico is actually part of North America, and I love Mexico and Mexicans. Suck on it, Canada. I love Mexico. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. What's the next part of the show, The next Steve? part of the show is the first sponsor, Chase <laughs> Bliss Audio. They make pedals more creative than you are with a digital brain and an analog heart. Go check it out. I was watching a Henning video last night mm-hmm. of a, uh, a device from Exonic uh, that they want me to demo. I'm not sure I'm going to do it yet. Uh, but he was using it to control... Oh, this guy here was a wireless MIDI controller, and he had it hooked up to this somehow, and it was scrolling through various different presets. It was like a five-button preset switch. So there's MIDI on the back of the preamp Mark II, Mm -hmm. the automaton here. Uh, You can get wild and crazy with it and do all kinds of triggered presets and whatnot while you're playing, while you're recording, whatever you need to do, and impress your friends and clients as the little sliders jump all over the place. With the Chase Bliss Automatone Mark II in stores now. Buy while you still can. They're the hottest item this Christmas. So for pedals more creative than you are, go check out ChaseBlissAudio.com and buy them all up to thank them for sponsoring yet another episode of your favorite podcast, 60 Cycle Hum. Did I do it, Steve? Was that you a good You did it. Good job, good man. I did it. I feel like a professional sponsor over here. <laughs> all right. We're going to move right along. We're doing our album review first tonight. Oh, damn. Here we go. Overlay. We're talking about Toto 4. Or maybe that's Toto IV, because after you listen to this, you're going to need to get some adrenaline pumped straight into your body. <laughs> you definitely don't need morphine. <laughs> Oh man, Steve. Um, what did you think? What did you? Uh, why? Hold did, on. First of all, suge- I want to know who suggested this. I, I'm. Oh, this was suggested by Nick Harshaw, who also suggested this town needs guns, which I wish I would have picked. Yeah, I wish you would have picked that too. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh my gosh, this was. Uh, this was a little bit rough for me. I know, um, Steve, Steve. I know that you worked in retail for a while yes. you were a big five employee which is a sporting mm-hmm. good store i don't remember if big five does canned in music they do and so yeah you were probably subjected to plenty of toto uh only two songs that i remembered uh one is basically i've only heard rosanna on muzak um Ooh, man that's and a then tough one africa was one that would come up a lot um those are, the, I mean, because those are like the two really big hits off of this album. I think um, that if I hadn't spent years of my life working in a grocery store and being subjected to, uh, you know, a soundtrack on repeat that wouldn't change for months at a time and featured at least 
one Toto song on every new version of the Muzak. Um, <laughs> I think I probably would have a different opinion on this, but this was like a PTSD oh inducing gosh. album for me. Like I, I almost bailed on it like three songs in. I was like, I, I can't do this. Right I took, now. A, I actually took a lot of notes on this, maybe more than usual. Because sometimes I don't take any notes. So there you go. <laughs> um, Rosanna, Rosanna, this just makes me think of Working Big Five. We talked about that. This right. It's a retail jam. I don't remember the synth solo. I, maybe they cut that out of the music version. Maybe. Um, because I was like, what the hell is this synth solo? So in, in Big Five, was it all music, like instrumental versions of no, things? No, no. It was like just like easy listening hits of today. You know, so we get... Toto Rosanna followed by uh, I don't know Weezer Island in the Sun followed by Enya Orinoco Flow right you have some breaks in it you know followed by um, I don't I don't know some uh, I don't I don't know what other something else something else yeah really, yeah no know. I know I know what you mean all that stuff you know like a paved paradise yeah it wasn't you know. like so it wasn't like uh, oh yeah lots of uncle cracker and whoever did the original <laughs> or you know that kind of stuff uh and yeah they and then there would be like weird songs because i was like this i don't the one song that actually now that we're talking about this totally off track um that i remember is jason Mraz's sleep all day was one of the music tracks and i was like this isn't this wasn't like it was, I guess it was like a promotional single, but it wasn't ever okay. like it never had any radio traction. I was like, why is this song playing at my work? Because it, <laughs> it felt like a deep cut. I'm like, why are deep? Why are no. they playing deep cuts? I'd, I'd say I'll say that anytime a song came on that was like, oh, my gosh, I actually like this song. I'd be really happy working in the grocery store for about a week. And then I'd be like, damn you, you're making me hate this song now because now I associated it with work and I feel gross being here and I don't want to work this job anymore. And it, it ruined various songs for me. I wish I could remember which ones, but there are certain songs that's like, yeah, I don't ever want to hear that again. The, the, this is in the middle of this album, when we when I hit the song, it's a feeling. My note on this song was everything about this album is just department store <laughs> i was kind of thrown back by how busy the instrumentation was yeah. on a lot of these apparently it, that's what they're known for there was so much going on to the point where when africa came on it kind of was a breath of fresh air <laughs> it's because it's so sparse it's very sparse compared to the rest like there's no just like constant saxophone chirps and synths throughout and you know mixing percussions and background vocals and stuff like that even the vocals are very very stripped back and sparse compared to the rest of the tracks on the album i think it's funny that africa is the last song on this album it, but it, Easily their most famous song. It feels so out of place to me in the context of this album. And that's probably part of it. Like you're saying, like it's so sparse. This album, did you ever, did, uh, so the, the, my, my Christmas album of choice when I was a kid, uh, because it wasn't freaking Elvis or whatever, um, was Mannheim Steamroller. Okay. Remember Mannheim yeah, Steamroller? Yeah, that's solid. That's solid. Yeah. Which is basically Christmas Toto. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time I'm listening to this, I'm like, wait, when did I start listening to non-Christmas Mannheim Steamroller? Right. 
Um, the I thought the back half of this album was a lot better than the front half. Me too, but I think it's just because I'd never heard those songs before, so I wasn't immediately sick of them. I think um, this... But it also... Obviously, these guys are famous, so I can't say they wasted his talent. Um, but I feel like listening to this after... after oh, yeah, Steve... I'm talking about Steve Lukather. Uh, I really liked his guitar work, but I just kept thinking, like, man, it's so wasted. You know what? <laughs> like, all, all, the music, all the musicianship on this album is top-notch. It's all fantastic. Yeah. But all of it together is something too much. What is the word? Is it ungapacha, where it's like there's too much of a good thing. Have you ever heard that word before? I have never heard that word before. Ungapacha. I picked that up from the Doughboys podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much of a good thing. If you could pull it all back and make make all the songs more sparse and give it just a little bit of a different vocal flavor, most of these songs could be bangers that I would love. Like the difference between these songs and like Huey Lewis songs is very slight in era, in theme, in song structure, in in hook structure, in melody structure, things like that. These could be Huey Lewis songs. And yet somehow only one of these artists sucks. Right. It's like (laughs) they've over-engineered it. It's too, it's too pasteurized. Yeah. It's too clean and it's missing the edge and the grit and the soul that you get with a band of the same era, Huey Lewis and the News, that is, is has a lot more longevity to it, a lot more listenability to it. Mm-hmm. And this is just, it's just so over the top with the production and how much is going on. One, one of the things, so talking about being over the top with production, I was reading about the production of this album and th- in order to record this album, they used three 24-track Tascams. <laughs> like, they're like, we need more channels. <laughs> 24 channels is not enough to record this band. What we need is not 24 channels, not 48 channels. We need 72 channels. And that's why they were destined to be played on six-inch speakers mounted 20 feet above you in the ceiling of a grocery store. (laughs) All that mastering and studio work to be played over the worst speakers in the world for people who are sick of hearing it. You know, this album um, does... uh have a tie-in to a topic we're going to talk about later. Though, it does. Which I didn't know. Okay. Uh, is that um, Toto, well, not all of Toto, members of Toto worked on the Thriller album. Oh, fun. And Steve Lukather. So Eddie Van Halen, of course, very famously is the uh, lead guitar on yes. on uh, Beat It. Mm-hmm. Steve Lukather is the rhythm guitar on Beat It. Oh, that's fun. So, like, no, like, like I you said, said, like, very competent musicians, but it's like for this album, they just said, hey, uh, guys, um, just like play every note. <laughs> no dead space. Like, just fill it out. Every sound you can get. Like, two songs into this, I started to hate saxophone, and I've never hated saxophone before, but it's just like inappropriate <laughs> saxophone to the point it's like, this is cliche. This is like, the worst of this is why a lot of people hate saxophone is because this is the worst of what it can be is just like filling in where it doesn't need to be for no reason. Mm-hmm. The same with like the scents and things like that. There's just too much, man, too much. 
Just pull yeah, the whole thing back wild. and um, do a little bit less cocaine. I don't know if Toto did cocaine, but it no, has one that. of their drummers, I'm pretty sure, died, had a heart attack because they said his arteries were so shredded from cocaine. Here's the thing. like th- I think this album came out early 80s. 82. It has that thing. Just in time for you. That like, uh, Not me. you know, like a lot of Clapton songs have where it sounds like, oh, this is for people on cocaine. Like it has this weird, gross, like smooth, overproduced, mm. you know, cocaine for boomers soundtrack sort of thing mm-hmm. going on. And that mm-hmm. sort of sound has always creeped me out and grossed me out. And uh, it's all over this album. So there, like I said, going on the back end, there started being songs I thought were interesting or doing interesting things. Well, yeah, um, they started to push deeper into that Huey Lewis thing I was talking about. Is that about. what it is? For, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, definitely less saxophones on the mm-hmm. back end. But then you um, got more background vocal arrangements later on in the album, which I thought was interesting. Like, they shifted along with the, with the album. Like, Yeah. And then, and then Africa, it's just... <laughs> It just sticks out as like what what I don't didn't Africa in, in contrast to the high production slickness of the rest of the songs didn't it seem like the vocals were kind of sloppy everything about that song seems a little off yeah it seems and that's like that cocaine oh but sick, it's not helping that I'm sick, sud- smooth thing I'm suddenly getting Africa mixed up with Land Down Under oh <laughs> I miss the rains down in Africa yeah yeah. Yeah. I, I got it back. I wasn't like stuck. I just for a minute. <laughs> Don't worry. Steve has Africa back it's in his head now. People keep talking about the freaking didgeridoo in the chat. <laughs> Guys, stop talking about didgeridoo in the chat is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have anything else to say about this? I can cruise my yeah, notes real quick. I got something to say about this. I got a question for you. Yeah. Toto or Kiss? Oh, Kiss. Are we, are we talking who we love or who we would get rid of? Uh, BMK, are we BMKing? Only two. <laughs> there's only two artists in this one. Right, right. I uh, know. I would. I would. For, well, because you can't marry Kiss. Gene Simmons will only. You can only kill Gene Simmons or bang Gene Simmons. You can't marry Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I would listen to Kiss every day. Like I have no problem listening to Kiss every day. I am. I am. A, I like Kiss. I do not like Toto, and I would not like to listen to Toto every day. Um, I'll listen to a couple tracks every now and then to be like, huh, yeah, there's those those guys. Um, but uh, I'm not going to you know, have this album on my iPod or something like that. I don't even have an iPod, but you know what I mean. <laughs> What's an iPod? I'm not going to. I'm not going to make a Toto Pandora station. Tell me more about that ancient technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, it came from a dark time, a time before the cloud. You know what YouTube wanted me to listen to after I listened to this album? What? Uh, the Cure, uh, is it uh, Disintegration? Mm-hmm. So Which would have been, I would have much preferred to listen to than yeah. this album. I had a note where I realized um, who Toto is for, like their target market, be- based on like the ads YouTube started throwing at me when I started listening to the, the album on YouTube. Okay. And it was all... For plastic surgery, like three or four different ads for liposuctions, laser surgeries, rhinoplasty, like, and from different places, like everyone trying to advertise plastic surgery is like, uh, what, what band are we going to do this on? Let's select Toto. We're all going to do Toto. Yeah. It's because you're already listening to freaking dentist waiting room music. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) 
is why people write mean I'm stuff not, about us on. I'm not even forums. joking about that. Those like three or four ads all played, and they were all from different places, and it was a trip. I, I can't believe it. Another, another like plastic surgery thing. What the hell's going on here? All right, are we ready to move on to uh, the next topic? Yeah, let's or, move no, the, on to this next ad. The ad, the advertisement sent to us by Darren Schmeiz. Is yeah, that how you say his last name? I think so. We're going to go with that. This is an EVH Wolfgang Special Limited Edition RBW. Or is that red, black, and white? And in Norwich, England, uh, EVH Wolfgang Special RBW guitars, one of a limited edition of run of only 125 worldwide guitars in perfect condition, complete with tags, Come with comes with Wolfgang hard case. This is 3,500 squid. <laughs> how many octopuses is it um so this is going to be a hybrid ad coverage thing and a topic for us because we're going to talk but about we're going to put a sponsor spot in the middle yeah, of it. we're going to talk about price gouging uh after the death of a celebrity but let's just talk about the guitar first and then we'll do the sponsor and then we'll talk about that kind of line of discussion um so i really don't have anything interesting to say about the guitar other than they want thirty five hundred dollars for this yeah I don't think that's what it's worth. Maybe it is, but I doubt it. Somebody said that the pricing, the price on this was like that. These are expensive, but this was like particularly right. I would like be kind of surprised egregious. if it was worth more than two grand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it is. I think it is like a like a two thousand dollar guitar. Yeah, I will say. I'm not sure how many squids that is. Yeah, uh, there's there's people who are probably waiting for me to say something crappy about Van Halen, and I'm not going to because I wouldn't because I haven't. I like Van Halen. I like his guitar playing. I like his, you know the hit songs that I enjoy from him. We even covered one of uh we covered uh one of his albums, and yeah. and it got a good review from us as far as I remember. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you came here expecting us to say something crappy about Van Halen after his death. Like go elsewhere because you're not going to get that from me. Yeah, we only did that with one time and wasn't even bad. Who was it for? Go on, you guys go on iTunes, leave us a review. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, I'm also totally fine with uh, Van Halen tribute style guitars. Like anyone mm-hmm. who wants to paint their guitar with Van Halen's paint style, go for it. Anyone who wants to buy a guitar that's painted that way, go for it. I think it's the cool look. I think it's a tribute to someone who took a very home done paint job and succeeded in making it iconic. And it, it really it defines like a sloppy home done paint job, an experimental paint job. And because it became famous, people accept it. Yeah. So so somebody had one of these listed for like fifteen hundred on reverb a few months ago. That sounds normal to me. That sounds about right. Um it's it's hard to find the specific one because this one is, I guess, is a limited run. It's got the matching headstock, which they don't all have. Right, right. Um, also, like you can, like if you, there's certain guitars where if you if you play that signature guitar, people are going to be like, oh, he's trying to be that person. Yeah, you can play a Van Halen themed guitar, ironically and sincerely at the same time. Where like no one's going to expect you to play like Van Halen. Mm-hmm. But they'll be like, ah, cool, he's got a Van Halen guitar. Like, there's something about it. There's something that works. There's a cultural, like, it's it's cross 
over the edge of a bubble where like there's the, a bubble of cringe and it's just on the outside of it where you can get away with it. I think it's cool. Do you think it's the finish? Do you think it's the Wolfgang? Do you think what do you like specifically? I don't what know. Would you say? I don't know how to define it, but there's something about it. Like, how do you feel about like if I saw a punk band just, you know, chugga chugging on a guitar that was painted Van Halen style? I'd be like, ha ha, that's kind of ironic, but it's also kind of like they they don't do that because they're hating Van Halen. They're not going right. to like, oh, make fun of Van Halen. It's like, no, this is like an iconic look. There's something punkish about it. There's something high energy about it. It looks cool. Like I could see anyone playing a Van Halen painted guitar in almost any scenario and I'd be fine with it. Is that weird? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think like if I saw, like I'm trying to think of a signature instrument that wouldn't work that way. Like if I saw Randy Rhodes in a ska band. I'd, I'd be like, come on. No, I could see a Randy Rhodes in a ska band, but like, what if you saw either an EVH or a Randy Rhodes in like a Willie Nelson cover band? No, I could. No, I could see an EVH being in a Willie Nelson cover band for sure. But the thing is, like, it can travel across guitar models. Like, you could paint a Telecaster Van Halen style, and I would be into it. But now you're just talking about paint jobs. But that's what I'm talking about. Just paint jobs. Just paint jobs. You can theme any guitar mm. Van Halen style. Okay. And I think it's, I it can be a, a combination of ironic and a sincere tribute at the same time. Gotcha. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think, I guess. Uh, Mando Brown says, I mean, the design is perfectly ambiguous between lots of different design eras that have been cultural perceptions. Do you think he knows the way? <laughs> uh, Dave six six five. The original Franken build was pretty punk. He basically kit bashed. I mean it. that that I understand that I would I would see as punk um, at some point. I don't know the Wolfgang. I I mean I can't go too off the rails on the Wolfgang because that's you know that's what uh isn't that what Jack White's playing now? Yeah, and so. he's got maximum Jack White unit so. Yeah, maximum Jack White units. Yeah, <laughs> that's for the old time podcast Man, listeners, people who have been with Jack us White units in a long time. since the very, very beginning. I always meant to chart that out. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I feel like Jack White lost his way in that regard, and that Jack White units don't count anymore. Well, it's because he decided he wanted to. Uh... He's moved on to good playing guitars. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this week's uh, next sponsor is uh, Big Ear Pedals. That's Pe right. Pedals, 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 pedals. Albie, 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 Albie. Grant from Big Ear actually legitimately, this has been kind of a default sponsorship because Grant has been so supportive of, of us. And uh, Karen, everyone over at Big Ear has been so supportive of us. But Grant actually sent us money tonight to pay for our food. And uh, we actually fed our family tonight as well as ourselves. We got burritos and tacos and the whole deal. So thanks, Grant. This is the Albi. Go buy one. Go buy two. You want it in stereo? You got to buy two. You're going to use a wet, dry, wet rig. You're going to need three at least. So if, go do buy them up. A, do you need a, a three if you're doing a wet, dry, wet, Ryan? Well, yeah, you want to have uh, a little bit of Albi even on the dry. On the dry. All yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, head on over to BigEarPedals.com. Go check them out. Yeah. So now the topic is 
essentially grave robbing. <laughs> it's just a, you know, an exaggerated way to to describe price gouging after the death of a celebrity. Yeah, because at, at what point is this is you know at what point are you capitalizing on something? At the same time, man, I got some I got some mixed feels on this. Sure, sure. Because, I mean, there's probably not going to be another time in the lifespan of an Eddie Van Halen. Inst- I, I shouldn't say never. Okay. But, you know, in the near future of Eddie Van Halen-themed instruments, that they're going to be worth more money than, right like, now. right now. So if you've just been sitting on one and you're like, oh, I don't really want it. Oh, Eddie just died. Um Sorry, my eye itches. Um, then I, you know, then you, you're just gonna sell it. Like right. you're not gonna sit on it forever if your plan was to sell it anyway. I think I'm following your line of thought. I think I'm fine with it. I think if you want to sell something and you want to list a price and there's a buyer, that's just capitalism, baby. That's just you know the open market. Um, I'm not gonna say it's not gross. It's a little gross. It's a little gross. It is gross. It is a little yucky, but. At the same time, we're only looking at one side of it. The other side of it is there are people who are having deep, intense feelings about someone that they feel they've lost in their life, but we've all lost, that has passed on. And they are trying to find comfort, trying to celebrate that loss in the way they know how, and that's through retail therapy. Yeah, and Mando Brown is in the chat, and he says, I have a Blackie reissue that I've kept just for when Eric Clapton dies. <laughs> LMAO, like, like I said, this is the way. <laughs> he knows the way. Right, right. Um, that being said, I think if anyone out there actually wants to pay tribute to Van Halen in their life, and their guitar life, um, yeah, you can go buy something already made. I think the way to do it, though, is to go buy some tape and two, two cans of spray paint. Do it yourself. Do it your own dang self. Shred up a strat. Turn it into some sort of parts disaster. You know, take a uh, take an explorer and cut a giant chunk of the wood out of it. You know, put eyelet screws into it for for uh, the straps you know go crazy do what eddie would have done do what you enjoy about eddie to a guitar yeah like it this doesn't have to be a commercial cash grab because we're going to see that you know it's going to be the is is never going to stop you know his 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 family i mean and they should his family is going to be licensing his name well well past world ed Mm-hmm. It's just reality. They're going to be licensing uh, his name, this design, every element of it. It's going to be a commercial thing forever, but you can do it yourself. And I think that's part of what is so endearing about Van Halen is that he did it himself and so can you. So there you go. Do you have any good points? That I don't, I don't have any good points. Do you have any I bad guess. points? I, I just don't like, I, I agree. Like I, I, I think it's a, like I said, I think it's a little gross, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I guess, are there people who are running out and saying like, oh, I want to get this thing because this guy 
I feel like if you are in the market for a Van Halen guitar, then you just wouldn't, then you already own one. Or if you're currently in the market for one, you'll just wait it out. Like, yeah, maybe. it's not like they're going to, they're probably not going to start, stop producing these. No, no. And that's the other thing is, you know, these, I th- they're sold out right now. They're sold out of all Van Halen stuff right now. And nothing will be in stock until next year, which is part of the problem. Which is two months away. Well, it does. We don't know what part of next year. It could be this time next year. It could be a year from now. It could be three months. It away. could be three months away. <laughs> I guarantee you, they they're trying to get them get stuff as fast as possible right now. It will not be thirteen months. Uh, it could be thirteen months away. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it will not be sixteen months. I was thinking, what would I put? What would I do if I was going to do a Van Halen tribute finish? And I was thinking it'd be really fun to take that theme, the striped theme, and do it with glitter. Like do a sparkle finish, like really clean and really slick with different colors striped over it. I think that would be a lot of fun. Michael Krause in the chat brings up an interesting thing. How is somebody selling EVH gear worse than all of the YouTubers who just posted EVH videos this last week about how he was this you know big influence on their life and... You well, know, we're t- how much they loved that music and whatever. And like, I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just not really any different, right? Like maybe sure, it's a sure. little more personal. Well, I think, you know, obviously with YouTubers, like people like me, there is an element of people trying to keep getting clicks on their channels to monetize sure. them, to, to make money and stuff like that. But I mean, can you make the case that anyone in our industry doing guitar stuff doesn't have positive feelings about Van Halen. Like despite any negative things that might've ever happened, like he is an icon. There's probably some jazzy guy who was like, sure. Sitting around going, Oh, I don't care about it. This other guy should, this other jazz guy should have been the EVH, you know, Pat Metheny should have been, was, should have was better than EVH. And he should have been the famous one. I don't know. I mean, say your friends, with some guy named Stills, another guy named Nash, another guy named Young. Mm-hmm. And you have like bad opinions about Van Halen. You just keep it to yourself though, right? <laughs> That's the only person I could think I of. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the joke? I mean, I understand that you were naming, but I don't know what... David Crosby. David Crosby. Does he have a negative opinion about... Yeah, he, he trash-talked on Eddie after he died. Oh, okay. Yeah, in like a tweet or something like that, and it was super tacky. Gotcha. Super, super tacky. Uh, <laughs> but that's the only person who I've seen be like, who thinks this is an opportunity to be like, oh, you know what? Eddie wasn't all that great. He's an icon. There's stuff to relate right. to there. There's... Even for me, someone who doesn't really like shred music, like Van Halen had some banger songs. Yeah. And there's yeah. no reason why we can't celebrate that person and what he brought to music. Yep. And this will happen. Like, I think maybe there's a broader exploitation right now because of his popularity. You know, when uh, Ace Freely is it, I'm assuming is Ace Freely still alive? I think he's still yeah, alive. Yeah. When he when he dies, like it's not going to be, um, it's not going to blow everything up right 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 right. no there i don't think i can't think of any other i don't i can't think of any other guitar shredder where when they die i'll actually care that's fair 
you know i'm just saying like i don't think there there's going to be the react this time that makes me sound i don't awful. think we're gonna i don't think we're gonna ask i'm thinking trying to think of other guitars who have like famous signature instruments i don't think that when like steve Vai dies that all of a sudden the market on gems is gonna skyrocket no i don't think they're I, gonna sell I'm out gonna of say it, maybe, stuff. i'm saying maybe it could in that moment but we're not going to be talking about it because there's just not going to be enough enough of uh when steve Vai dies we won't say anything about it because we'll be dead too because he will have killed us in a murder suicide is that joke too dark <laughs> too nonsensical too weird sorry guys I don't, what <laughs> i'm saying steve i's gonna kill us and then kill himself steve that's weird so we won't be around to see what happens when he i know this is a terrible what, what, how do we how are we connected to steve Vai? <sighs> i don't know i don't know this is the stuff that gets me in trouble on Guitar forums is people people like, oh, Ryan wants Steve Vai to die. I don't. I made an attempt at a joke, and it flopped, and I'm sorry. The real joke is, you know. There was no humor in that. Why did I think that was going to be a joke? That the, sucked. The price of butterscotch tellies will never skyrocket on Keith Richards' death because Keith Richards will never die. <laughs> There's a solid joke. Thanks, Steve. There we go. That's a memeable joke. You could turn that into a meme right now. Someone watching right now could turn that into a meme, go drop it on Gear Talk, and it will spread like wildfire. And then afterwards, don't give us the credit. Don't give us any credit do. at all. I don't know. Whatever. No, uh, Chipson's going to grab that and there run with go. it. Yeah. All right. Are we, are we good with this? <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. All right. Uh, this week, I'd like to thank Caro Lamb uh, for supporting us at the $5 level. Join in our Patreon.com slash 60 Cycle Hum. Ryan's looking for a backdrop. He can't find I don't it. Think we, I don't think we have a backdrop. We I need to make one, one for the inner circle. Uh, so thanks, Caro, for supporting us. I will get some swaggity swag swag sent out your way eventually, someday. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to support the show, head on out to Patreon.com slash 60 Cycle Humcast. Where for as little as one dollar you can support the show, and if, or as much as ten billion dollars, yeah, whatever you want to do. Um, That's the max, though. We cut it off at ten billion. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm full uh, of bad jokes tonight. <laughs> if we had a ten billion dollar tier, uh, Jeff Bezos could support the show for like two years. Yeah, something like that. Bezos, buy us out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about you every episode, Bezos. Um, Sweet Daddy Also, Bezos. if you want to support the show, just uh, leave us a review on Apple or whatever oh. you use. Um, when uh, Grant Wilson isn't PayPaling us money to buy food, we use Inner, Inner Circle, Circle Funds, yeah. Patreon money to feed ourselves, to keep the lights on, to pay the bills that it takes to pay to keep podcasts on the air and to cover editing costs and production costs and things like that, travel costs and whatnot. It is the thing that makes a lot of our content possible, and we're extremely grateful to everyone who continues to support us and everyone who has supported us in the past and for whatever reason could no longer support us. You support us one time, and as far as I'm concerned, you're an official forever supporter. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, this uh, uh, this last ad uh, was sent to us by Michael Lovett. This is a custom art guitar. This seller says I created this fully functioning customized guitar from a Fender Stratocaster. It features a tooled leather headstock and a custom cut body to create a great handle. The action is low and adjustable. 
Oh, good. Finally, a guitar where you can adjust the action, unlike every other guitar ever. This is so close to being a travel guitar. This has active pickups, but it's a hardtail. How does it have active pickups? Well, it's got a battery pack on the back. It's got active pickup. Maybe it used to have active pickups. Now it has it's one pickup. It's a Fender Starcaster. That explains $170. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I actually, what the hell? I'm kind of curious about this concept because I have thought before, like, what if you could design a guitar that minimizes transference of resonance of the body to your physical body. Okay. Hold on. Uh, slow, slow cucky said in the chat, Fender Stratocaster. This is a PV rock master. This is a PV rock master. Yeah. You look at the headstock. That's a PV headstock. I was staring at it going like, isn't this a PV? Isn't this a PV? And I just like, couldn't right together. Yeah. What the heck, man? But the, the idea of the floating, you know, kind of upper edge there that we're seeing with this guitar. I've wanted to try a guitar with that kind of thing going on to see like, do those posts separating it from the rest of the body minimize how much resonance is, is lost from the guitar body to your physical body. Um, the answer is probably not much, but it's still like a concept I've thought about before. These are just like bolts, right? It's just they look like wood dowels body. to me. I don't know. That looks like a That screw. does look like a bolt. Yeah, you're right. Those are bolts. You're right about that. It's like a bolt out of the blue. <laughs> I don't know. 170 bucks is way too much for this mangled PV. But I feel like at, le- at least it's not like $900. I like how it was $180 and then they dropped the price $10. <laughs> this has been on the market for almost four months. That's more than a 5% drop, Steve. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. It's like a 5.1% yeah. drop. 5.1% off, man. You don't want to miss out on these deals. Not with Christmas right. coming up. $170. You know what? This guy wants $180. I'm going to give him $180. You're in super rich, Steve. It. A bottle of, it's like a can of kerosene. Here's our $180. Walk out of the driveway, smash it at, in the middle of the street, light it on fire. I'm driving away. Well, here's what super drunk Ryan would do. There's super rich Steve. Now there's super drunk Ryan. Ryan shows up, throws $200 wadded up at the guy. He's like, give me that guitar. I've also got a bottle of kerosene. He drinks the bottle of kerosene. But then I drink the bottle of kerosene. And the man is like, no, what are you doing, sir? Please don't do that. And then I throw up all the kerosene all over the guitar. And then I light it on fire. You light yourself on fire. And then I light on fire, too, because it's inside of me. And then I die, but I take the guitar with me. Mm. I'm dark tonight, man. Yeah, I've got some man. dark ideas floating around in me. I'm you sorry, guys. You have a rough day? You all right? You feeling it's been cool? hot. It's been a hot yeah, day. it has been. So there's that, I guess. You want to tell us about the song, Steve? Then we'll get out of here. Yeah, this week's song. We're, We're going to actually play it. try to listen to it so that we can react to it. And then, sorry, guys, like watching live, we are not going to do our normal hangout, which I know is a bummer because we started earlier tonight. Um, but we're going to record two episodes tonight, which means we're going to go not live after this. Yeah, so. this is uh, this was sent by Matt Chapin from the band Dialogue. They are dialoguetheband.bandcamp.com. This song is called The Circuit. Here we go. The wind tugs at our shirts as we ride down the steepest path. 
listen to an album of this i know that you like that that's not my style at all i also have a feeling the people listening to the live youtube stream heard something very garbled just now it was very clear and very well produced on our side yeah so everyone listening to the audio only podcast will hear what we heard sorry everyone in youtube land that was probably pretty uh pretty weird We'll have to listen back to it because we always talk about that. But yeah, yeah, that's why we've never tried this because I know that uh, the YouTube live compression does crazy things to music. So, anyways, uh, thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, see you next week. Stay grounded. See ya. Oh man, the broadcast has ended, Ryan. That was actually a short one. Yeah. How could we have made it back?